and everybody else, welcome to episode 22 of I Understood That Reference. Great. I'm thrilled to be here. I hope you're thrilled to be here. I am going to call this episode, Rob Completely Leads the Way, because I am somewhat sick and under the weather at the moment. Let me tell you, you may be a few hundred miles away, but imagine that I'm just reaching my hand over. And I'm giving you a gentle pat on the back, a little pat on the back, as I encourage you through this episode. I look after you. All right, Mr. Creepy Uncle. I'll, I'll Christmas time as well. You know, it's December now. That's really what we need. <laughs> no, no, I, I appreciate your, I appreciate your kindness. Um, how have you been, Rob? I've been doing well. Um, it was, uh, it had been obviously. I think between the two of us, we'd done a lot of traveling over and back through various countries and stuff. So last weekend was extremely chilled and home based by comparison. Home base. You, you staked out home base, basically. <laughs> I just wandered around home base for a Saturday and a Sunday. And it's um, remarkably comfortable in there. Just find yourself a good uh, garden bench, sit down with a good book, and watch the, the world pass by. It was Black Friday. Was you probably got a cheap one. <laughs> yeah, I did. I dragged it out of the door, actually. It was amazing. Happy days. Right, well, Rob, this is going to be a bit of a quick episode today, obviously, Indeed. because we're in the lead up to Christmas. We have lots of plans for next next episode. Lots and we lots do. of fun, festive plans. And you changed the logo, which looks absolutely fantastic on Twitter. So thank you for that. You're very welcome. Hopefully it gets people in a nice festive mood. I think it will, because I love the snow and the little snow hanging off the logo. Um, but we'll jump on in pretty quickly. We'll just probably cover a bit of news. But I want to do one thing before we do. And uh, I want to tell you about my... My Twitter success, Rob. Tell me about your Twitter success. It's our Twitter success. We're it's, it is your Twitter success. <laughs> that was a leading. That was that was a leading comment. So I have now had obviously our most successful tweet so far. The most amount of likes. The most amount of things like that. It's, okay. I, I'm on actually on Twitter Watch at the moment to see if it breaks the 400 because it's currently at 398. Twitter Watch is that an app or is that just a phrase you're calling what you're doing? It's just me calling what I'm doing looking at Twitter. <laughs> it could have been an app. I would have believed you. I mean, we can make an app. Hey, hey you want to make would an you app? Like to develop an app? Would you like to develop an app? <laughs> yes. Anything else? Do you want to develop an app? No thanks, Glutey. Hey, what's up, Glutey? Hi, Morty. But, Rob, I want you to know what this tweet is, because all the stuff I'm trying to do on Twitter and all the funniness I'm trying to do, do you want to know what got me to 398 likes? Is this for the one tweet? Oh, yeah. It was a response to something. Okay. Uh, describe away. So somebody put up a tweet, and it was that video of, did you see the car with, like, the beehive on the back, and there's just loads and loads of bees? Um, no. Okay. No. Well, they said, you're the car covered by this swarm of bees. What do you do? And I said, be careful. <laughs> Is that it? And that's the most successful Twitter tweet I've had. <laughs> yeah, you just don't know how it's going to go, really, do you? Oh, my God. That's, you're kidding me that that's what it is. Oh, no, I'm, de- oh, I'm deadly serious. <laughs> Isn't the internet a fickle, fickle beast? A fickle mistress? We're trying to, you're, you're trying to break it big on that with, you know, clever references, reaching out to Mark Hamill, checking how he's getting on. But the one, the one that breaks the mold, the tweet that gets you a scene, puts you on the map, is two words. <laughs> and it, <laughs> although quite poetically, was a reference we used a while back. Oh no, that was be yourself. Shit. I no. mean, it's it's, it, clo- it's close enough. It's from that vein of bee puns. Let me. It's, it's from the hive. Yeah, the hive of bee puns. Yeah, uh, behave yourself. Anyway, um, I just oh, wanted Christ. to cover that because I was quite happy, and I will check throughout the show to see if we've broken the four hundred mark. But uh, <laughs> okay, shall buddy. we jump on into the episode? I guess. Let's do it, and I guess with that in mind, we should just quickly fire through um the last week's uh, Ross fact, Rob fact. Why don't you take a crack at the uh, the intro in your 
uh, almost inebriated, sickly state. Off you go there. Very, very good. Very rapid. I think okay. that was okay. It was good. I, I, I enjoyed it. I wasn't uh, under any impression that um, my job was at risk, but look, you gave it a good shot. Man, after these 398 likes for a B pun, I'm just all over the place now. <laughs> um, what was your uh, fact last week? Uh, remind. So my fact last week was that the from Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs appears in Into the Spider-Verse. Gasp. Gasp. And mine was true. It is in the very end of Into the Spider-Verse when all the buildings and crap like that are in Kingpin's lair. And the Flamingoflamingoflamingoflamingoflamingoflamingoflamingoflamingoflamingoflamingoflamingoflamingoflamingoflamingoflamingoflamingoflamingoflamingoflamingoflamingoflamingoflamingoflamingoflamingoflaming
<laughs> it's been a while since we've gotten many of these and people are probably screaming um, at their bloody phones and microphones and car speakers as we struggle to get these week after week. I like but, we have a reference-based podcast where we get zero references. I know. It's a bit of a... It's, it's a kind of a down if we do, down if we don't kind of situation. We have to commit to it now. Um, well, listen, I've noted that down. Let's, let's, let's belt on into the news. Go Shall for we? it, Rob. Start us off. The news. Actually... And just on the sort of, in, in the kind of the general movie news sphere, this is more like a movie game, and I'm going to just extend our Twitter conversation for a little sake, for a little second, um, for just for the sake of it. But um, are you aware of a trend that was trending on the trend machine? I, I mean, it depends what it is, I guess. I'm aware of some oh, trends. I guess I'll tell you. I, I'm happy to tell you. So I saw this, I came across this over the weekend, and it was, the hashtag was, Add one word to a movie title. Did you see this? I saw a few of them. Uh, Ricky Gervais started off. Did he? Or did he not? Maybe? Did, I'm not sure. If he, he certainly jumped on the bandwagon. But my God, I scrolled through some of these and they're phenomenal. So have a think about some of these that are good. But I'm going to read you out some of my favorites that I saw. And let's see what you, what you think of these. Go for it. So I'm going to tell you. And obviously you have to guess what the movie is if it isn't already perfect, extremely obvious. But um, the first one is quite simple. Fuck it. It. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That took me way too People long. People had a lot of fun with these. <laughs> oh, God. There's also, um, I think the Ricky Gervais one was uh, Schindler's Bucket List. That was, that, was, that was very funny. Let's be honest. That was very just, funny. <clears throat> then, you got kinda, then you got kind of milder ones like Frozen Yogurt, which I think <laughs> is <laughs> silly. Or the, this one just sounds great. Billy Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, Billy Ocean's Eleven. But no, that's more... Remember I sent you a game before where there was like pictures of movies mixed together and you had to make a triple barrel title out of it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's <clears> kind of <throat> like that. I still like it though, Billy Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, there's there's a lot of these that they kind of... It's like change a word to make it something else. But obviously, as you delve deeper into the list, they got a little dirtier. For example, Italian Blowjob. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, um, sex Toy Story I saw Sex Toy Story That, that was kind of funny <laughs> so I, I like that good. to be fair It's um, giving me Woody <laughs> Oh god it really puts the The action of buzz with it Into a new meaning Let me tell you that much Nice um, I know if I was answering it I would have said B movie <laughs> <laughs> It's full circle baby Oh I did right What was it uh, American History X-Men Was very good Oh that's good I like that <laughs> And then finally Just to round off This little segment we need to talk about Kevin Spacey. I, I saw that. That for me, that should have been number one. Like that, that is genius. That is pure genius. People are way too clever. If, we need to talk about somebody. Kevin Spacey. I know. It's so oh man. Obviously people are very creative. So, I, <laughs> so I, <laughs> But I just wanted to put that out there because I thought it was interesting. Um, and a little bit of a lighthearted approach as we as we as we barrel through this quick episode, but um, I can give you some uh, sort of more <laughs> routine news as well if you'd like. Yeah, go for it. All right, to so the box office. It's here. It's now. I'm on my new website. And let me tell you, I love it. Kind of encouraging signs actually over the last couple of weeks. You and I have mentioned before about how that the medium budget movie struggles these days. If it's not below ten million. Um, it won't make a profit and the only other way it can if it's above that it has to be like this triple a blockbuster with like hundreds of millions of marketing the, behind it so you know like seventh in a plus. franchise like yeah exactly yeah or just a really famous over-the-top expensive remake and we'll get to the remake list that i have coming down the tracks in a second so obviously frozen dominated just to get that out of the way frozen 2 specifically it's already on like almost 800 
million or something after two weekends because it had Thanksgiving in the US. That's obviously a big part of it. And that was always going to do well. But two kind of, not sequels, not anything like that, kind of original movies were Knives Out and Ford vs. Ferrari, both getting really well reviewed, which is a great start. But also both are kind of overperforming on the box office and overperforming, which is very interesting, actually. So Knives Out in particular is just having a great old time. I'm not sure how much it costs. I think it was about 40 million, uh, which is right in that middle that medium budget kind of range, but it's already made about 70 million after, you know, uh, two weekends, but obviously it's competing with, um, you know, the big ones, but it seems to be doing very well. Obviously it's got a great cast. Some exceptional reviews for it as well. Oh, like, and here's the, the critical detail there. It's exceptional re- reviews, both critically and also just, you know, with the general public, people just really like it. It's nice and original. It's kind of a clever mystery whodunit. And you don't see that genre at all, really. That's certainly not an original one. So it's really, it's, it's actually a nice lift of encouragement to see that that movies like Knives Out which is doing very well so it's probably and this one will probably have legs I think this is one of these word of mouth ones that it wouldn't have necessarily have a massive opening weekend it doesn't need one because no but would. it'll keep ticking along like and especially because of the cast uh, yeah and it'll just this will just trickle all the way nicely up towards Christmas and it'll probably do great which is very good to see um, and then obviously Four vs. Ferry came out maybe three weeks ago that's the the famous uh, obviously the two car brands up against each other in Le Mans. So obviously, you might think maybe that's more specific to car nuts or whatever, but obviously it's got great cast members like Bale and Damon kicking it off. But I think that's already made its budget back, which is kind of also mad as well, because it costs about $80 million or something. So that's actually a tricky one for something more niche than like a big superhero movie. So all I can say is take that, Martin Scorsese, with your box office bullshit yeah uh, that i'm gonna be honest we i didn't talk about this up until we now. never brought it up i did it on my list for a while but but then do you he, think it deserves to get to get the airtime i mean i guess it does it's a discussion i suppose but go ahead oh the well the, obviously if people haven't heard already he thinks um superhero movies are theme parks and they're not real cinema which is insane to me because it's just a, it's a movie it's a movie it's i don't get this he's like trying to now categorize the whole medium under his own criteria to suit his own I don't know shortcomings yeah like you didn't come up with the concept of movies or cinema like you know well his logic is is that none of the characters in our in superhero movies I nearly call them ours (laughs) our movies in our movies the movies that appeal to us specifically but obviously he his whole logic was that he did a big piece in the New York Times Uh, I read it I was like ugh He's, he's very articulate but I still disagree um, but this debate, problem, this debate has raged as well for a while because even Bill Maher, that American TV host, did a whole piece about how you know comics are still for nerds and they're not they're not reflective of real life and you're a kid if you still read them and all that and it's just it's this nonsensical refusal to just like let people be happy and let people enjoy a medium of their own choosing you know mm. you see Scorsese is annoyed because he feels like he can't bring out a movie without you know people not going aren't going to go to it. Maybe he should check himself first. He made a movie called Silence before this, and it was met with silence. That yeah. movie was too long and too, ah, oh, too boutiquey and arthousey for the general public. It was that was never going to make any headway, really. Like that was I. I have a cousin who's like movie insane and like has a degree in some sort of filmmaking dimension of the business, but he he even agreed with me. He's like too slow, too long, not. Like, the quality of the filmmaking might be good, but there wasn't enough there for people to grip onto. I'm not sure if you've seen The Irishman, but that's three and a half hours long. Have you ever heard of a more indulgent pursuit than a three and a half hour movie? 
Robert De Niro <laughs> aging. I felt like I was aging as I was watching it. Yeah, well, technically you are. Did you watch the whole thing? Yeah, in one go. Okay, yeah, see, that's the thing. I want to watch it in the one go, but it's like, how, as an adult man, can I find three and a half hours? You can only do it on a weekend. You need, like, an open Saturday evening to attack that thing. Otherwise, it's just uh, a lost cause. Because, like, it, let me tell you, it's it's good, but still too long. It's too long. Three and a half hours. It's too indulgent. Like, like definitely could have been chopped here and there. Like, he just... He, and here's the hypocrisy of the whole thing. Say it. I hope you're going to say what I think you're going to say that I was about Ugh. to say. Listen, you've got these older filmmakers who are resistant to the change. In other words, they don't like the superhero movies dominating and they don't like new technology forcing them to do certain things. But my issue with is is that they are happy to use the technology when it benefits yes. them, but then, but then will criticize it when it doesn't. So, and I hate saying this, but Spielberg is famously against Netflix being considered for... Um, you know, if it's released on Netflix, it should be considered for any awards, like, you know, yep, politics, Oscars, like Oscars or, or BAFTAs. Yep. What would he say now if he saw his Buddy Marty's movie that was released on Netflix? How does he feel about it then, if it's an exceptional movie? Like, are we going to get a double standard situation? And then by comparison, you've uh, Martin Scorsese hasn't been able to make this movie because the technology hasn't existed. The MCU, who he criticized heavily, pioneered that de-aging tech, which was the centerpiece of his entire film. He so wouldn't now, be able to make the movie without them. So, like, it's it's... Like, I think, like, don't get me wrong, Steven Spielberg is still my favourite, and I think Scorsese has made incredible stuff, but very hypocritical. And just, just like, I get that you want to make movies and you don't want it to be dominated. I can see the frustration that maybe the smaller movies don't get a chance to breathe. But now I've just given two that have come out together against a blockbuster that are doing really well because they were well-made and they, were, they, they catered to a cinema-going audience of today versus... Scorsese saying, "Well, I want to make this movie that I want to make, and I don't care if people want to see it or not." That's like there's a there's a conflict there that he's not seeing. And if you don't like it, you don't like cinema, and that's on you. Yeah, yeah, like it's that's very accusatory. Taste. Oh, very. Yeah, I don't like that. And he's blaming all the people. I think Kevin Feige kind of said it well. He said, "Like you know, we have a lot of people making these movies, and they certainly feel when they put their heart and soul into it that they're movies. So it's unfortunate that he would say something like that, which is a very good point." Unnecessary. It's just, I mean, a lot of big actors are in those films, you know? People who he's probably worked with. Anyway, we don't need to dwell on it. I just wanted to quickly call out how there are some lovely medium budget movies doing very well, and they're great, and people are enjoying them. So it's possible, and you can can enjoy both, is what I'm saying. You don't have to have one or the other, basically, which is what he's saying. I'm going to jump on over now to uh, 1917. Rob, you called Ooh. this before. You said it looked great, the reviews are very good, and wow, it is like getting super positive buzz. Yeah, well, it's, it's interesting, though, because it's the whole one take. Well, obviously, it's the illusion that it's all done in one take. So it's two hours of you following two soldiers as they'd like to deliver a message or something, but it's, it's a really interesting idea, I have to say. Almost no dialogue in the second half of the movie, but what I find even more interesting is that it was directed by Sam Mendes, who obviously has done Skyfall and Spectre, now, I was not a fan. He's also done World of Partition. But anyway, I wasn't a fan of Spectre at all. But it's ironic because the new trailer for No Time to Die, like the teaser yeah. kind of released today. It's the trailer for the trailer. It's getting ridiculous. <laughs> it's absolutely pathetic. It's literally five seconds long. It's amazing because he's now left that project and done something super, super successful and something like really 
you know, groundbreaking. Whereas the new James Bond, even though it's only a five second, ten second clip, but I couldn't be less interested in that movie if I tried. And it's an interesting thing to see one director move from a project like that and do something so unique and breathtaking from it. Well, like he did American Beauty as well. He sure did. So like he's he has he has the the chops, I think, to do it. We need to talk but, about um, Kevin Spacey. <laughs> <laughs> so good that's such a good line I, I, yeah, I can't believe it probably that movie is very unsettling as well the real one <laughs> actually both would be both would be very unsettling movies to watch but uh, the, the did you like Skyfall actually by the way I didn't love it as much as people seem to love it um, it's good but it is good yeah. but it's basically James Bond home alone at the end that's what it is but the, yeah but that's that's okay I'm okay with that kind of story especially with a highly trained assassin guy but um, yeah. I think Casino Royale is just I mean you probably should just stop making them after that because it's very good for what it is. But we've had this conversation before. With Mission Impossible Fallout there, you have to raise the game so much higher than they appear to be doing here. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think there see it's people get and to be fair, I, I always get a little bit jazzed by a bomb movie because it does feel like a nice it does feel like an event. So you kinda get kinda you see the little snippets are like, Oh, there he is in a suit. Oh, sexy lady, oh there's a bike. You know, that kind of that's how that's typically the order as well. Robert twenty nineteen <laughs> you, you can't say things like that anymore. <gasps> what? Well, it's too late now. I've said it. You're off the podcast. So am I. I'm off the podcast. Oh well, it's been it's it's been a good run. But um, I don't. Know. I think it looks. I think it'll be probably interesting. But it, you know, it's got a, it's got one. Well, it's got two edges to it. It's got uh, Kari uh, Fukunaga, who's done things like um, Maniac on Netflix. He did it. Kari Fukunaga did it. Yes, yes, the first oh one. Oh my god! But he did that. What's that? Police detective, hard boiled, true detective. That's oh, did he, he did. True Detective as well? Okay. I'm pretty sure he did that. And then your one who's behind Fleabag, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, is the one kind of punching up the, the script to make it a bit more, I don't know, robust, I would Punchy. say, and not as kind of templated as before. I don't know. I think there's there's potential in it to be good, but I'm concerned that this changed hands a lot before it got made. So is it going to be a bit haphazard in terms of, you know, is it going to be polished enough? I, like the last movie was very indulgent it was a lot of money spent and then it kind of went nowhere so i'm hoping that this one they, they kind of it's just a bit lighter on its feet if that makes sense do you like the title no time to die well i don't know i, I feel like surely there has to be a scene now where bond walks into a room full of goons and they're like we're gonna kill you bond he's just like oh wait hang on he looks at his watch i no time to die folks i'm out of here and then he just he just kind of runs out the door and they all die i i like that Hey, you got I mean, the time? I mean, a little bit slapstick. <laughs> but no time to die. I don't know. I think it's a line in one of the books. That's where they got it from. Ah, of course. The Ian Fleming books are obviously mm. whoever it is writing them now because Ian Fleming is dead a good few years as far as I know. Mm. And famously sketchy as a as a person. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Tremendous racist, the Goblin. What? <laughs> I'm not laughing at the fact he's a racist. I'm laughing at you put that. Bit sketchy. Um, a tremendous racist, they called him. <laughs> I, okay, I, I'm not going to argue. Okay. Well, obviously, this is all speculation. Like, this is when you hear, you know, this is obviously decades later when people come out and they're like a radio show saying, well, this is what he was really like. And there have been like, I heard, a, I've just heard a story about him, on, about some Irish connection. I heard on RT. I thought this is hilarious. Apparently, he's ruthless. <laughs> but anyway. Let's move swiftly along. Is that all you want to say about Bond? Because I don't have any time to talk about any. That, that's really all I wanted to say. I mean, it's a five-second teaser trailer, let's be honest. <laughs> it's so, it's ridiculous. But, like, I mean, Bond is back, but guess who else is back? 
The Fugitive. The Fugitive's back. It's coming back. What? I'm not joking. The Fugitive's coming back. It's surely not Harrison Ford. It's not with Harrison Ford. It's a it's a remake, not a not a sequel. <laughs> Jesus! If it was a sequel, could you imagine? I'm telling you, I didn't kill my wife. <laughs> I didn't kill my grandson. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there a cast for it? No. Who could they pick? Realistically, all I know is that the guy who the guy who is directing it. All I know is that he's directed the Book of Eli. So I don't know what that tells us. That it may be depressing. It's a it's a weird kind of a film because like. Even yeah, but you're saying before about the ending to that movie that it, it just literally ends. Like I'm intrigued about why they would consider bringing back this property. I mean, it wasn't hugely. It hasn't gone down in the the echelons of history as the Harrison Ford film. Like no, like it's and it's definitely very well re- reviewed. But again, like the the thrill of it was that at the time that people didn't know where the story was going to go. So it was famous for like having you know the twist ending with his friend being the baddie and the the, the whole shtick. It's like a, it's like how you know, it's the whole story of him getting there. So like, the, there's no thrill in seeing a remake if you know how it's gonna pan out. And no matter how much they say about, oh, it's gonna be different, you know, there's a twist or a turn of some point, obviously, because it's what's the point in make? Otherwise, it's just not the fugitive. So like, what's the point? Just make it an original movie for fuck's sake. And there's like nothing inherently hooky about that film premise. Like, I mean, okay, a guy is framed for killing his wife. <laughs> okay. I know, yeah. But people want to see The Fugitive back in cinemas today. Was there, a, was there a TV show of The Fugitive? Like a season of a TV show? Or is that my imagination? Oh, Jesus Christ. I don't know. God, if I have got that, if I have called that, I will be so extremely That would happy. be immense. As in, do you reckon it predates the movie? Like, as in, that's what originally inspired it? Oh, no, after. Like a more recent one. Oh, God, I haven't, I haven't a breeze. I'm gonna, I have to Google this and find this out. All right, uh, I'll, just, I'll wait here. I mean, you could you could you could keep talking about it or talk about something else if you want to move on. I guess it's up to you. <laughs> um, oh, guess who else is back? E. T. He's back. Oh my god! Oh my god! The Fugitive TV series. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm also wrong because it was 1963 for four seasons. <laughs> <laughs> so I was right in saying it predated it. So it must have been the original inspiration for it. Then I guess. <clears throat> nice. Well, there goes all my theories about not having enough content to go do something with it. But there you go. <laughs> But yeah, E.T.'s back. What do you mean by back? Because I saw something on Twitter today about like the the original Elliot with E.T. But is it back for a film or just back for like a Twitter spot? Oh, it's back, baby. It's back. Oh, you're kidding me. I am. He's back for a Sky Movies ad. What a you waste. son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, like, and I think, yeah, they got the real actor and everything. Yeah, it's the real for, Elliot, which is kind of cool. Uh, Have you watched this? It's cool, but is it like it's kind of gone to waste on Sky Movies, I feel. Anyway, look. I just thought that was insane. I I saw this because it you know the way YouTube and Twitter can be mean where they're like here's the latest ET trailer and all I could see, it was like a, a still of the actual puppet which looked modern with what obviously looked like what I assumed was the adult alien. I was like, there's just no fucking way. There's no way. I I, I they couldn't. They wouldn't. They did. Oh, they didn't. And what it actually was was a trailer for Entertainment Tonight. Yeah, exactly. It was That's a trailer for. The original E.T. with the cast of the original E.T. With the, yeah, the age of the original cast member. like Just the trailer again. <laughs> that, that's what we've come to. This preposterous circle of, well, if you want to promote your existing stuff, you got to now start as yourself from the other thing now to promote it in the past. But it's purely because, well, I mean, Macaulay Culkin came back for Home Alone last year. What, are we, what, what else can we mine now? Like, E.T., Elliot, you're back in the game. Oh, for God's sake. Oh, I have to say, actually, though, I really enjoyed that, that Home Alone ad because it was for Google Home. And they completely rebuilt the set. Like, they, it was clearly a piss take because they 
he's an adult. Why would he be doing the same shit? Still, <laughs> it couldn't have been the movie again. God, what a sad life that adult, that that child would have existed if, for the next thirty years, all he did was wake up every day home alone, dancing around the house, shaving, applying cologne. Rob, you watched Detective Pikachu recently, yeah? I did. Did you see the the movie that's in Home Alone? The fake movie that's in Home Alone is in Detective Pikachu. I saw it, it's, and he's watching it because the whole point is like he, he loves, and they say, they make a comment on there, oh, he loves these old detective movies. and it, But it's a throwaway guy because obviously if you know, you know that that was never a real movie. It was filmed specifically for Home Alone, which I, is epic. I mean, about 4% of people will know that. That's why I was like, this is ironic and impressive, I guess. Have I given away another great fact? Have I done it again? I think I used this one before, so I, I think we're, we're, we're... I actually have another great fact that I was going to use, but I won't. It's about E.T. Hold it. But you know what? Hold, well, hold on to it next Bottle week. it in. But d- 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 swallow it with your lemsip. Keep it in there. Good, good God. <laughs> um, right, I'm going to jump on to a bit of a, a, bit of a broad topic here. Um, oh, yeah. But... It's going to jump all over the place here. But obviously Rick and Morty season four is already two episodes in in the UK. Um, <gasps> have you seen the two episodes so far? I have. I'm enjoying them. I am enjoying them. They're funny. They're funny. That second episode in particular, the end with the toilet and Mr. King Poopy and all that. Oh, it's it's very one of those pure Rick and Morty moments when it gets emotional and funny at the same time. Absolutely yeah, and it goes it. on, and it, it, it's a, quite an extended sequence as well. Yeah. For to, I, I, but there were some throwaway gags in that episode in particular that completely got me off, caught me off guard, that I, like, I was pausing and I was laughing. Obviously, that's not how I parent. <laughs> Your son <laughs> died like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what? What? That, that's such a left hook I wasn't expecting that comment it's such a non-Rick and Morty joke as well it's just like oh, oh okay yeah she went off to join us yeah she went off <laughs> and then when uh, the, whatever his name is the gloopy guy he's like okay I'm gonna go and, and you know free you and help you and then he goes gloopy away <laughs> and like Morty and Jerry are like did he did he always do was that his thing that's not the, that's the first time he's done that Oh god, but that was excellent. With Rick and Morty season four, I had like a craving for more, uh, you know, Justin Ryland stuff. So it mm. being Cyber Monday and Black Friday weekend and all that, I went onto the PS Store and I bought Trover Saves the Universe, which was not on any sale Cyber Monday or otherwise. We are the abstainers. That's what the abstainers look like. They look just like the the guy who's got the dots in his eyes, causing all this trouble. Shut the. F- Trover, no one needs to hear your commentary about everything. It's probably it's probably not a full price game though, is it? That's only thirty quid. Yeah, so they, I mean, discounting sometimes they don't discount those those sort of niche VR ones. They're like, we don't sell much of this anyway. So, but um, my God, it is so hilariously exuberantly funny. Um, what? Well, so give us the could you give us a premise, or is it just too batshit crazy? <laughs> I to mean, describe? you're a Cheropian who's a guy on a chair. So it's a VR game, obviously, but you can play without. But I don't know why you would. But you're a Cheropian, so you were confined to a chair. As you control, like a platform game, you control a guy called Trover, who's this weird purple doll thing. And he has weird creatures in his eye holes. It's pure Justin Ryland. But I, I bought that anyway, and I was playing it for a bit, and it's wondrously funny in that. But it really got me thinking about how, just on the cusp, Rick and Morty isn't of things. Because you see now there's also a, like, a Rick and Morty Dungeons and Dragons. Oh my god, I did not know that actually. At all. It's like a comic series. So it's like mixing Dungeons and Dragons and Rick and Morty in a comic book series, which is just mm. mad. 
And that is mad. It is. It's just crazy. But this is one of those things. And I started looking into it. And then I got down the rabbit hole, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And it turns out that Dungeons & Dragons has made this ridiculous resurgence. Because of... I'd say the... because of things like Rick and Morty, but also Stranger Things. Don't forget, they're playing at the start of the first series, weren't they? Oh, is that for, that's where the Demogorgon comes from. Yes, yes, yes. So obviously like these shows are having such an impact that it's reviving an old tabletop classic. Well, I, th- I think it's like it's almost like people remind themselves that it exists. Um, that like it's it's which isn't actually do you know what people who still play that like don't I don't have, I remember we had some version of Dungeons versus Drag Dungeons and Dragons or Dungeons versus Dragons. I think it's Dungeons and Dragons. I mean, I'm not. Yeah, we, we didn't know how to play. We just kind of messed about with the with the points cards and stuff. But um, it turns out like this like you just decide the campaign. So I don't I can't get my head around how you decide how it all plays out. But anyway, that's a part. That's the whole shtick. But um. One of the girls in work, like, recently said she finished a campaign with her friends and it, it was three years of work. Good Jesus. <laughs> we can barely put, like, 40 minutes of research into this podcast. <laughs> I don't think, I think three they, years. They, well, isn't, like, each week they just kind of, they just, I guess they sort of improvise the story on the spot, essentially. I think that's the, the whole idea behind this. But um, that's it's kind of mad that when you when you play it properly, you can knock literal years out of one storyline shall we say obviously it's a new gaming session each time i don't know how that works but there you go that, that there's my insight into it i've never actually done it properly but. we almost remember we got dice and everything and we almost had a foray into it but it got last second oh, picked at the post. Right. yeah well we all moved all over the place so that kind of it kind of fell apart at the seams well, that, i think that is true we can manage this recording remotely but i think playing dungeon and dragons over skype might be a bit of a challenge you could say it died a death you could say that. I mean, you could not either, but I mean, there you go. Yeah, no, I prefer that way. <laughs> right, Rob, do you want to give us one last piece of news and I guess we'll round off the show? Sure. Something maybe weird, perhaps. Just let's 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 keep it really weird. God, this whole episode has been bloody weird, if you ask weird. me. It's like... Yeah, it's been weird. Yeah. Um, so there's a Michael Jackson, Michael, Michael Jackson musical coming out, produced by Johnny Depp. Can you believe it? Did you hear about this? I am so glad that you covered this. And I'm just gonna let you. I'm just gonna leave it hanging there and let you drop the other, uh, the other bit tidbit of information that's going to really make it. This is insane. So Johnny Depp produces a Michael Jackson J- Jackson musical called "For the Love of the Glove." Why is that the title? You ask. Well, whilst they were trying to figure out how to deal with, you know, moving through Jackson's career, trying to figure out how do we, as he gets into the realm of controversy around, you know scandals and you know you know uh, all speculative as at this point but the whole idea the workaround shall we say is to tell the story from the perspective of the glove his rhinestone glove hence the title now can you believe it what, so what the title is called what um for the love of the glove now i just talked about rick and morty and justin Ryland's humor and you tell me that that is not a justin Ryland sketch come to life I mean, it has to be. I, oh my God, that's so true. That is so left to feel and so weird. That's definitely something they do. Apparently, it's behind the guys who produced Bohemian Rhapsody. And quite frankly, maybe this is the perfect uh, uh, topic for Brian Singer to return. Oh. <laughs> you dog, you. <laughs> you and Brian Singer. <laughs> well, I think. <laughs> Nicely done, Rob. Nicely done. I had to. He's a fecker. I had to slam him somehow. But anyway, not that he's listening. But um, 
I think it's actually, I thought originally it was a movie, so I thought this is insane, but I think it's it's a play. Am I right in saying it? It's actually like a, like an actual stage musical. That's the logic. From what I know, so, it's a play, but that does not make it any less absolutely batshit insane. <laughs> I heard this and I thought that this is glorious and bonkers news all at once. Because you initially hear Michael Jackson biopic and you think, wow, that's fascinating. Who's, who's making it? Who are they going to cast as MG? You know, all these what you would think at the time are pertinent questions now i'm just wondering will they just use the hand from the adams family to, as as uh, <laughs> as the it, lead it or thing or what was it <laughs> one of them is it and one of them is the thing isn't it god damn it that should have been one of our references but i mean look we're we're, we're both semi right so yeah i think it's just mental oh who okay well here's a question though even if this will be made into a movie ultimately or there will be michael jackson biopic who do you cast as michael jackson okay i know you already said bohemian rhapsody but my god henry malick Henry? That's a, is it Rami Malik. <laughs> Henry Malik. <laughs> it's uh, Rami Malik's uh, younger, more unfamous brother. <laughs> Henry. Hi, I'm Henry Malik. Are you that guy from those films? No, I'm not. <laughs> I think I think he has a twin brother, actually. So what's his name? Henry Malik. It couldn't be. It couldn't be. If this is if that's his name, I would la- I would I would be the best podcaster in the world. Um, no, it's Sammy. That's Sammy that's Rami. confusing. <laughs> Jesus, thanks, thanks, man. Da. Well, <laughs> listen, maybe there is, maybe there is a Henry, Henry Malik somewhere, and uh, he, he he can have the part. That's their dad, <clears throat> Henry Malik and Henrietta Malik. Well, here's the thing: Do you cast? This is very controversial, but do you cast multiple actors? Well, I ain't I ain't touching that with a with a, <laughs> with, a with a pole with a glove on the end of it. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, like want to play him as his, when he's younger uh, in the Jackson Five. Yeah, that's uh, what you meant by that. Yeah, play him as his daughter. Oh, I don't know who you'd cast, Rob. but you'd have to be someone. I, I think he obviously he's passed it, but obviously Chris Rock was born to play some sort of version of Michael Jackson because he's just so versatile. That's the word I was. I I danced around. It. No, I, I preferred your. For a second, I was like, Michael Jackson's alive again. I better (laughs) hang up right now and run away and call the police. Hey, Ross. (laughs) Back in the mark, man. Back in the mark. (laughs) It's been a while. We've been okay for a while. I needed it. I needed it. It's, look, you got to give me one more murky bath before Christmas. That'll be your Christmas present. (laughs) A murky bath. A murky bath. Um, (laughs) Rob, I just want to update everybody on Twitter watch. Oh God! There have actually been no more likes. We're still at three hundred and ninety-eight for this be careful pun. I'm kind of disappointed by that. Three hundred ninety-eight. Did oh, well, I suppose you were hoping that we would get there live on air? But um, I thought we could have a little celebration. It could be like a whole moment, but it's it's not going to happen. But look, it might in the morning time. It might be at four hundred. Um, Rob, I guess we're almost at the end of the show. But you you still have to do something, don't you? Oh, goodness me. Friends don't lie. Considering I did most of the talking and I didn't recognize it, I'm very confused. I mean, I, I didn't know what you were talking about. That would be amazing if I just said, he'll probably talk about this. Yeah, that would be, wow, that serious level of foresight. Talk about soothsaying. That's that's it at its finest, is you predicting where I'll lead the, the conversation. Topics. But Friends don't lie. Ugh, it's not jumping out of me, man. It's too... There's nothing speaking to me, nothing at all. Okay, do you want me to? I'm do you, sorry. you want me to? I'll give you a hint, right? The Go character on. who speaks it is a number. 
Fuck, is it... Is it Stranger Things? Is it, it 11? Is, it is 11 from Stranger Things. Ah. Do you know what, Rob? It's December. It's the start of the Christmas ah. holiday season. I'm going to give you that. <laughs> yeah, unless well, you're one up at the end of this and then I will immediately take it back <laughs> then you can retract it so there's an asterisk beside this point is what you're telling me yeah the asterisk and asterisks. are beside this one uh, d- 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 okay great hey lads how are things <laughs> that's one of them oh, Jesus Christ I mean it's been a long time since I've, I've seen anything with asterisks and obliques to be honest it was a Mega Drive game that was absolutely class I used to love it but yeah, that's about as much as I know about I, it I only ever read the big serial collections of comics you know when you, you know, they put them into a big one big book an omnibus. Like an annual, yeah, the, like the big omnibus collections, like they do, like to be like, a, oh, this is the 1998 Asterix and Obelisk collection, and I'd read those, and I'd rent them from the library. Ironically, you'd probably get them at Christmas, like. You probably would. I don't, I don't want them. <laughs> that, well, I've already <laughs> said that here, we're going to have a surprise Christmas present opening next time on air, and I've already Yay. sent you an Asterix and Obelisk <laughs> omnibus edition, so you better like it. I'm sure. I'll just send you a message saying, Ross, I like this, but the like will have an asterisk beside it. Yeah, I don't like it in brackets. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right then, Rob, there's one last thing to do, and that is, of course, do you want to go for it this time? Sure, I'll belt into it. Edgar Wright hates this segment. I mean, he does, to be fair. He hates it, he loads it. Do you want to go first, or shall I? Sure, I'll 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 stand up to the to the to the whacking post. Here we go. So my prospect Rob fact this week is Courtney Cox was originally the front runner runner for Trinity, right up until the last minute when Carrie Ann Moss took the role. Ross fact, Rob fact, Ross fact, Rob fact. Da, 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 da. What do you think of that? Good God, good Lord, that's interesting, is what that is. Gasp, splendor, shock. All right, buddy, what's yours? Right, mine is that, obviously, Christmas-themed here. So in the movie Elf, Buddy's father's apartment building is the same apartment building that Dana lives in in Ghostbusters. <gasps> what do you think of that? What do you think of that? I mean, I'm pretty happy with it. I mean, me too. Super, well, we did it. A brisk whisk of an episode. Can you believe we managed one? Probably not as brisk as we originally thought, but I'll take it. I, I, you know, I'll take it. I <laughs> guess we should use the usually to do the old shout outs for the old Pod Nation group as ever. They're, they're really helping us out by retweeting our stuff. So thanks mm, a lot, guys. Given, get, getting, getting Ross those likes. Listen, folks, I know we want to promote the podcast, but listen, drop what you're doing and put all energies into liking that little old bee tweet. <laughs> little, little tweety bee, little tweety bird of a bee. Let the, give him those likes. He wants this arbitrary 400 likes. It, it will mean nothing, but it will mean something to me and my bee companions. It will mean simultaneously everything and nothing to you at the same time. So, Rob, where can people find us? Oh, in just, what, it's just a, a wild variety of places. I'm just thinking about them here and having a great time. Um, you can find us on um, Twitter, of course, because that's dominated this episode. Uh, that, that's at CapUnderstands is the handle there. <clears throat> you can listen to the episodes themselves on a variety of sources like SoundCloud, um, Spotify, Apple uh, Podcasts, Google Casting Pods, um, Podtail, Podnation. God almighty, there's so many. Basically, if it does a podcast, we are probably on it whether we meant it to be there or not. Um, that's a good way of starting. We also have a website, CapUnderstands.com. There's uh, just uh, just an easy access uh, format to get uh, all the episodes at once. Ross has got some fun little 
uh, bits up there as well in terms of topics. Um, and you can get us at the lads at Capitalist Stand if you feel compelled uh, to do so. How's that sound? That was freaking amazing, Rob. Did you have that like on a sheet or did you just, you know it off heart? No, but I, I've just discovered a comfy position to rest my head as I'm speaking into the mic that keeps me both equidistant from everything and calm. And uh, I should have been doing this for months. <laughs> or the last 55 minutes of this episode. Yeah, at, at, at a minimum, yeah. <laughs> at a minimum. Um, right, well, Rob, this is, has ever been fun. Uh, we're going to have what, a great a Christmas special next time, which I'm so looking forward to. Hopefully you'll be on the mend. Yeah. Right as rain. You'd all be dead. I can probably manage that anyway. I mean, at least I'll get my gift. That, that's true. That is, it's already sent, so you're fine. <laughs> It'll just be me sobbing. <laughs> He'd want me to have this. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, it's fucking Asterix and Obelix. He wasn't <laughs> I was lying. About to say. <laughs> <laughs> right, everybody, thank you so much. Um, keep sticking around to the Twitter and keep listening. And we will see you in our Christmas special next time. I guess all that's left to say is that I've been Ross. Uh, and I've been Rob. And uh, this has been... I understood that reference. Thanks so much for listening. We did. Asterix out. Get out of here. Bloody done. <laughs> <laughs>